This whole podcast is just us criticizing the villains and trying to make their plan better, aren't we? To be fair, I feel like we could be better villains. I don't know. Like, I don't want to be a better villain. Not to say that I would be. But, I but just, they set the bar so low. They do. I could, I'm just tripping over this bar they're setting because every time we come to this problem, we're like, why? Why have you done this? Greetings, travelers. Welcome back to Tales from the Enchanted Forest with your animal companions, Fox and Sparrow. Heya! If you've been following us on Twitter and Instagram at Tales from the Enchanted Forest, then you will note that we have traveled to lands far and cold to bring you this tale. Brr, it's kind of cold here, but honestly, it's not too bad. I've been through worse, especially this year. I feel like we had some pretty cold days this year. I can't relate. No? No. I've got a nice fur coat to keep me warm. Well, I was going to fly south for the winter, and then I was just having some problems traveling this year. It was just ridiculous, so I had to stay put. Oh, yes. I, I know about the snowbirds not being able to make their way south this year. But it's fine, since we are here in the great land of Russia, where our fairy tale takes place. All right. Our fairy tale this week is called Vasilisa the Beautiful. It's a Russian fairy tale collected in the 18th century by Alexander Afensiv. In his collection of fairy tales called Narodny Ruski Skatsky, which has over 600 folk tales, it's the largest collection in the world. Move over, Brothers Grimm. <laughs> that is a ton of stories. It is, and in, in his stories, quite a few of them have this character of Vasilisa. So. I think we're in for a real treat this week. Reoccurring character. I like, I like, I like, I'm here for it. And a character with a name. What? No. Hold on. Stop the press. <laughs> we have a name? We have named characters in this. I'll bet only two named characters. But still, I'm always excited when our characters have names. And not just, you know, beautiful maiden, greedy king. What is it with fairy tales? If you're beautiful, you're good, but if you're, like, ugly-looking, you're, like, evil or something? I That just feels so artificial. Or not artificial, but shallow. Well, I think for kids, it's a it's an easy dichotomy to understand. If you're good-looking and you're beautiful and you're attractive, then you must be a good person. And if you're ugly, you know, old, then you're a bad person. So it makes it easy, you know, to stay away from strangers if they're ugly. The, the hot ones are fine. <laughs> is this why Loki is not really a villain anymore? He's just a good guy because everyone's like, ah, Tom Hiddleston. We like him. I think the problem with all of our modern day villains or bad guys, air quotes, is that our the authors and directors and actors, they just make them so attractive that you're like, is this is this okay? They're doing really bad things. An objectively bad person but they're very attractive. Am I supposed to be into this? I don't understand. See, if they're ugly, they are evil. But if they're good looking, they're just misunderstood. Yeah, exactly. We are so confused nowadays, but that's why our fairy tales keep it very simple. If you're beautiful or you have beautiful tacked onto your name, good guy. Ugly or old, bad guy. Our fairy tale begins, as most fairy tales do, with the death of a mother and an absentee father. Our parents give their daughter a fantastic name, you know, they named her, but they named her Vasilisa, 
which is Grecian for empress or queen. Dun, dun, dun. No foreshadowing there. No, not at all. Now, Vasilisa in itself is a common name for Russian heroines, and they are often given a predominant modifier, such as Vasilisa the Wise, Vasilisa the Brave, or Vasilisa the Beautiful. Lucky for us, our story is called by many names, so we have Vasilisa the Brave, the Beautiful, and the Wise. Um, do they have enough descriptive words here? I mean, they usually, they usually keep it to three. I mean, we do have the rule of three going here. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, who gives you that modifier? I feel like if I was a person in a fairy tale and people just started calling me, you know, Fox the Brave, I would wonder what I did to earn that title. And what if I wanted a different one? Can you apply to get a title change? What would your title be? Like if someone in your life, I don't know, were to give you the title today, you would be Fox the... Complainer. I would be I would not have a good title I I'd have like a negative title I'd be Fox the complainer or Fox the stressed (laughs) or Fox the the annoyed I would not be the brave the wise the beautiful you know this isn't a soap opera (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh okay so what does Vasilisa the important do in this does she do anything I mean, when she's given the name, obviously she has no choice in the matter. Mm -hmm. But when she's eight years old, her mother was on her deathbed, and she gave her a tiny wooden doll that she promised would keep her safe. Vasilisa was instructed to keep the doll hidden and to give it a little bit of water and drink uh, or food whenever she needed help. And the doll would come to her aid. Now, luckily for us, magic does exist in this world. Otherwise, that would have been a crazy responsible thing to do to your grieving daughter. Like, (laughs) I understand, and I respect it because it works, but if that hadn't worked, I could just imagine this eight-year-old trying to feed this little wooden thing food and trying to give it water and nothing happening. But, you know, it worked. We're good. We're fine. Okay, question. Is this, so she's got this sentient doll, essentially, that eats and drinks. Does it also then, does it need to use the washroom? And I don't know. If so, does she have like a tiny little toilet for her? I don't know. I think the magic just magics it away. Magics you know? away. You know what? We're gonna go with the fairy tale rule of magic, which is it does everything, but not everything. But it explains everything as long as you don't ask these kind of questions. In Harry Potter, okay, I'm sorry, we're going on a tangent now. (laughs) In Harry Potter, I believe it's canon that there's very few things that they take from the muggle world. One of the things being a bathroom, because before then, people would just go wherever they needed to go, and then they would just vanish it away with magic. Yeah. But can you just imagine walking around and just like, I gotta pee, and I'm doing it right here, and then just like, vanish. See, I think that doesn't make any sense. That doesn't make any sense because even back, you know, in the Middle Ages, whatever, they still had areas where you would go to the washroom. I don't believe that, okay, if you had the, the power to get rid of your poops, that you would do it because it's like, I can just get rid of this. But that poop has to go somewhere. And also, I don't think it's very comfortable just to squat where you are. I know! I don't think, okay, I, I have... Very few issues with Harry Potter, the actual story of Harry Potter. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we're not including Cursed Child in this because that's not part of the Harry Potter story as as far as I'm concerned. But it's technically canon, 
but nope, we don't nope, personally nope, count it as nope, canon. Nope, 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 nope. I'm doing my whole hands, fingers, and my ears, not listening. It's not canon. You cannot say that on this podcast. We are not endorsing it. Um, but my favorite thing is that because it's a magical system, you can explain away a lot with its magic. Mm -hmm. It's just how it works. And I think Harry Potter does have a good magic system. It's definitely not, you know, Lord of the Rings style, but it's good. It works for what it is, which is for middle age, not middle age, (laughs) middle school children. Um, (laughs) and you know what, you know what middle age people as well explains it to me. (laughs) Am I middle age? I don't know how old I am. What is time? In this world, we're going to assume you feed the doll, you give the doll water, and nothing really happens with that. It's just like a sacrifice that exists in the world. My question is, is her mom a witch? This is a good question. Does her mom know witchcraft? Does her mom know witches? Where has her mom gotten this doll? And, you know, what's keeping this doll active? Because if you if you have a cursed or blessed object, obviously it can exist on its own. Mm-hmm. But is the mom's magic keeping it going? Is it someone else's magic? Like, there's so many questions about this doll and the dead mom. Mm-hmm. But we can't ask any of them because the mom's dead and the doll just exists. And Vasilisa probably doesn't know anything. She's Maybe eight. it's like a family heirloom, you know? Maybe. That's kind of what I thought, actually. It was like that this was just something she was passing down to her child. I'm going to ask a very crass question, but if if the doll was a family heirloom and passed on, why is the mom dying? <laughs> why couldn't the doll stop that? <laughs> the doll couldn't help her solve that issue? By the way, I'm dying of a sickness. Can you cure this sickness? Well, it depends. We don't know why the mom's dying. It's true. I mean, I guess I assumed it was just sickness. I guess she could have been attacked. Although she was being attacked, that's... I don't trust the doll to be a to be a good indicator of health and happiness if it's a family heirloom. Well, in modern storytelling, really, ever since Lord of the Rings, people become very wary of magical items, especially items that can be sentient. Like, if I understand correctly, mostly before that, if you had a magical object, it was usually considered like a blessing from a deity. Mm-hmm. But pretty much most stories since Lord of the Rings have assumed the objects to be malicious, or if they have a personality, it's explicitly for their own twisted gains. Yeah. I could be wrong, but that's what I understand. And it's an interesting take, but if we're looking at it from that perspective, we're supposed to assume just from context that this is still a good doll. I don't know. I've watched one too many. I don't actually watch horror movies, but I've seen one too many horror movie trailers with dolls <laughs> coming to life and creepy, you know, like Chucky and Annabelle and all those weird things. But you know what? She's eight. Her mom's dying. So I think we can give her a little bit of a break. <laughs> but I've also seen Toy Story and I feel like they're cool. Yeah, but have you seen the later Toy Stories? Some of those dolls are creepy. At the daycare? Okay, I would argue that the earlier ones are the creepier ones. In Sid's, well, Sid's house had some creepy toys, but I didn't really care about that because I was too, like, I was a kid. I didn't really care about what looked creepy or not. They were still toys to me. But I did not like that Hugsy, like that, I don't know what that purple bear is, but I didn't like him. He freaked me out. Oh, yeah, Hugsy. Freaked me out. He freaked me out in a, like, I felt like it was a good way, like it was freaked out, but I was not terrified how can you be freaked out in a good way I'm, i don't like being freaked out at all i did not like him and i'm like my children would not appreciate this movie <laughs> i know people who enjoy getting scared and for me it's such a razor thin margin and somehow hugsy fell on that just barely like you're you're kind of freaky but like i also am not scared because like if you were to come and get me you're just like a bear you don't have any magical powers 
It was a talking bear. I don't know what you're on about, but that bear had an entire empire. I know, but it was of a kindergarten. <laughs> like, he... Don't make this real. <laughs> okay. No, we're here now. We're here now. So if he... Okay, first of all, if Hugsy exists, that means my stuffed animals and toys can come to life. And that opens up another can of worms that's far more scary than this bear I've never met that might have evil intention. I'd be more worried about some of my groovy girls coming from my box going, you haven't touched us in years. Play with me. Because that's how, you know, dolls sound. You know what? That exactly. This exact situation is why I'm not into this doll. I do not like dolls. I do not like creepy toys, ancient toys, Victorian toys. You know what? Wooden dolls. I hated the Cabbage Patch Kids. They looked terrifying. I'm not. Especially those dolls that had the eyes that would close, like when tilted, like a certain way and open it. Oh, yeah. I have one of those right here. And one eye is closed. Of course you closed. do. Well, I mean, one eye is one of its eyes is like a little bit closed, and it's freaky. But I just, I'm not. I, I don't know. You give me a creepy doll, and I'm not into it. But for Vasilisa's sake, I hope you know this doll is great. Um. Anyway, <laughs> creepy doll aside, at least she's got her caring, loving father, who you know is going to go on and marry a really nice woman who's going to treat her right and happily ever after. Absolutely, nothing can go wrong with this plan. Well, nothing. the story I just told was a lie because <gasps> her father, very predictably a traveling merchant, you know, grieved his wife as one does, but mm-hmm. soon he married a woman with two daughters of her own. If we were doing fairy tale bingo, we'd be furiously stamping evil stepmother, ugly stepsisters, (laughs) and oblivious father. I think it's back to that dichotomy of evil equals ugly. So obviously the stepsisters are ugly. Uh, Obviously Vasilisa the Beautiful is going to be tormented by them because she's beautiful and they're jealous of her. Uh And, you know, she was mistreated by her stepmother and stepsisters. Uh, who, you know, they took personal offense to Vasilisa being so beautiful. They worked hard to make her grow ugly and haggard by giving her lots of labor-intensive tasks to do out in the sun, because, you know, that's what one does. However, to their dismay, Vasilisa only grew more beautiful. Dun-dun-dun! How? How? So if you want to learn... If you want to learn this... I just get really gross and sweaty and I burn and I just look like a monster at the end of it who desperately needs a shower. You know what? The, the stepsisters and stepmother would love to send you out to work, but whenever they sent Vasilis out to work, she only came back looking more nice and they're like, what's going on? If you would like to know this one secret for a youthful glow after 10 hours of work, click here. It's like a clickbait ad. Uh, So every morning, Vasilisa would milk the cow and then give her doll a little bit to drink. The doll would come to life and comfort Vasilisa before setting off to do all the tasks. You know, while Vasilisa just, you know, frolicked in a meadow and braided flowers in her hair. And, like, applied lotion or whatever. Start her new product line for looking oh so beautiful after hard labor. Well, the doll did show her a a special herb that can help with sun blisters. So Vasilisa would, like, rub that on herself. So she never actually got sunburnt. But that is her magical secret. If you never want to work a day in your life, you just get a tiny doll to do all your chores for you in exchange for, you know, some milk, which, you know, you can get from your cow that's in the backyard. Would you take the doll even if it was, like, creepy? Uh, No. 
no. The chance of that dog coming to life and, you know, killing me or eating me or holding a grudge is just, or, you know, consuming my soul, I'm not into it. Like, I don't know. I know we should suspend belief when it comes to magic because the answer is always going to be that a magical system isn't meant to explain anything to you. Um, but the image of this small doll bringing in pails of water, you know, lighting fires, watering vegetables, weeding the grass, you know, bringing in firewood, it's just, it's physically hard to imagine unless it's the, you know, the Molly Weasley of magical housekeeping. Assuming the others are in the house when this happens, they should be seeing something. But, you know, let's just, let's just sweep all that under the rug. Basic, basic folktale storyline, doll does chores. Vastly says beautiful still, because we wouldn't want her to, you know, do anything to actually no. do any work. We can't be invested in someone who's ugly. No, we can't. We want her. You know, it's in the title. Vastly says the beautiful. If she's no longer beautiful, what is the point of this story? <laughs> yeah, girl. Okay, so Vastly says the prom queen. What's she up to now? One day, while the merchant was away, the stepmother packed everything up, sold all their possessions, and moved them to the house by a forest, uh, as one that's does. That's a logical thing to do. Yep. <laughs> I don't really understand the logic here, because why not just send Vasilisa away? Why not just, you know, take a trip into the woods and then forget her? Why sell your stuff, pack up your kids, who you love, and, you know, yourself, assuming that you love yourself, and move into a house you don't really want to be in, just to spite your stepdaughter I, the, the logistics of this don't make sense but again rug sweep rug sweep we don't we don't we don't judge i mean i've never gotten on my way to spite someone this much maybe it's actually a, it's worth it maybe it really feels good just to spite someone to move your family to a different place i mean i feel like that's a lot of work for you yeah unless they had you know vastly to pack everything up and you know go to the market to sell everything i feel like there's also easier ways to spite her like, instead of moving your family, just send her to this place to begin with. Say, you have to live there. We're staying here. Yeah, or be like, listen, we bought you your own house. Go live there. And then yeah. just set it on fire or something. It's not that, there's not that hard. I feel like a lot of fairy tale villains go and do the absolute most when the solutions are very simple. Like, you know, sending a hunter to go carve out the princess's heart, not letting her go to the ball, locking her in a tower. I'm just like... A let them go live in the village and nothing extraordinary will happen. You, you're taking away the story from them. So this stepmother's gone to the school of overcomplicated plots. Yes? Yeah. And schemes? I mean, thankfully, she hasn't started monologuing yet. But Ooh, she's very that's, much that's going into... In yeah, she's very much going into this entire like thing where people just do the absolute craziest things to try and spite someone or try you know put someone down. The answer is just easy. Give her, you know, take her into the woods, uh, give her a loaf of bread, and then walk away. You know, I, I, I'm not going to shame Hansel and Gretel's stepmother, but she kind of had it down in the whole getting rid of children thing. Yeah. Like, I mean, does. she did not beat around the bush. No, she's like, we're walking into the forest. Goodbye. That's it. That was it. That was the story. I mean, everything else happened as well. But the main story was she had to get rid of two children. She got rid of two children. She didn't give them poisoned apples. She didn't, you know, lock them in a tower. She didn't do the whole Maleficent thing. She just very straightforward. This whole podcast is just us criticizing the villains and 
trying to make their plan better, aren't we? To be fair, I feel like we could be better villains. I don't know. Like, I don't want to be a better villain. Not to say that I would be. But, I but just, they set the bar so low. They do. I could, I'm just tripping over this bar they're setting because every time we come to this problem, we're like, why? Why have you done this? Um, but it's not just, you know, that she, she moved the house. She made them move into the forest because her ultimate plan was to give her daughters, so all three of them, a task to do. She put out every light in the house except for one wood on the fireplace. And eventually that died down. Now, the two daughters that were doing weaving, they pretended they could still weave and knit in the dark because their needles could, you know, create light for them. I don't understand their logic. But they just went, Vasily, so we need light. But we don't need light because we can still do our tasks with our needles. But you... You're spinning, so you need light. Uh, So you should go into the woods to get light from the witch, Baba Yaga. And Vasilisa was... I don't know. what They don't really go into what her reaction was. I'm assuming her reaction was, I don't want to do that. It's raining outside. It's a storm. Uh, We're trying to weave and knit random stuff in this house we just moved into. Why can't we do this in the morning? Uh, But, you know... As it goes, they kicked her out of the house, which I still maintain. They did not need to move into this house to be able to do this plan. To kick her out, yeah. Yeah, but they, they kicked her out and told her to go find Baba Yaga. Now, Baba Yaga well, is... at least move back after this, <laughs> you know? I don't know what the, I don't know what the plan is. I, I cannot begin to tell you why they moved into this specific house <laughs> just to kick her out of it that same day. <laughs> Because it gets to overcomplicate the plan. Well, maybe. And okay. as we all know, overcomplicating things makes everything better. Well, maybe Vasilisa had tons of friends because, you know, she is beautiful and people tend to flock around, you know, beautiful people. But maybe she had lots of friend in their old, friends in their old house. And they were like, well, if we kick her out and she dies, there's going to be a lot of bad press. And, you know, the media is not going to like that. Yep. So... If we move into this random house and she happens to get lost in the woods, well, that's not our fault. She's just stupid. I, I don't know. And move to another town and on your way to the other town, kick her out of like the wagon or whatever and be like, whoopsies. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's, there's so much you could do. And I don't understand. Like, are they trying to get away from the father? Are they doing this because he's did away? They, yeah, did they leave a note to the father? Like, hey, we moved house. We're by the forest now. Our neighbor's Baba Yaga, the witch with the chicken house. You know, casual spousal disagreements. Okay. So Vasilisa, the unfortunate, has to go into the woods. She does. Uh, And not just into the woods, but she has to go into the woods to the witch Baba Yaga. Now, I don't want to get too much into who Baba Yaga is, but... Baba Yaga is not a name. It literally just means horrifying old lady. Um, And the etymology of the name itself is very complex and can be a lot of things. But the main thing we know about her is that she's often a witch who just does whatever she wants. You know, she can be nice. chaotic energy. Yeah, she absolute chaotic energy. She can be kind to you. There's stories of her being, you know, helpful. There's stories of her just eating people. Um, But to Vasilisa, she would be known as Baba Yaga, the the people-eating witch. So it's a terrifying thought. So Vasilisa is understandably very terrified of going to see this woman who lives in a chicken house and who might eat her. 
And for even more pathetic fallacy, you know, the wind is howling, it's raining, it's the middle of the night, and Fast Lisa is unceremoniously kicked out of her house to be go be eaten by a witch. So you're telling me, in the middle of the night, that she has to go into these dark, creepy woods and find someone who may help her, but also may want to eat her? Exactly. In the middle That's of these exactly woods. what I'm saying. This is the plan. <laughs> I love when these dark and creepy woods comes up. They're always fun because authors just throw these in just whenever because they're it's nature. You can easily see yourself just going off into the woods and adventuring, exploring. It's really unknown because maybe no one's been there before. It's naturally occurring. And when it's dark, it, your imagination just goes wild trying to imagine what's out there, what's in there. These woods, because they're just so unruly, the characters always end up getting lost in them. It's just just by nature of a dark forest, no matter like what name it goes by, these characters always get lost in them. And it's always a good place for characters to come across either the greatest fear or come to a crossroad in their lives. I often find the best some of the best character developments comes from people going into the woods versus how they will be when they leave. There's always character development. Yeah, I, I tend to agree. I've, I've been reading a lot of young adult novels recently, and there's this whole theme about them getting lost in the woods or having to travel through the woods. And I think the woods make a kind of nice juxtaposition between civilization and the known because they're going from a place or a town which they grew up in, and most of the time they're being run off into the woods. They're being sent in there. They're running into them, and they don't really know where they're going. Like They have a vague idea, mm-hmm. but it's within the woods that they have to kind of decide who they're going to be what kind of person they're going to be when they come out of the woods and it, it does build either their power arc or their struggles or their relationships um, but I think a lot of it comes from being somewhere where you're in familiar territory because it's it's like every other wood yeah. you've been to but you don't know what path you're taking it's not like there's a road that just tells you go here and sometimes the woods, I mean, especially at night, it does feel like you're being hunted or something's following you and there's just shadows all around you. It's very hard to know where you're going or what you're doing. And so I like that the image is that she's been sent into these woods. She has no idea where she's going, what awaits her at the end of it, but Mm -hmm. she does go in and she does keep going. Unlike just say the desert or the tundra regions, both those types of regions are like harsh environments which on their own doesn't offer much in the way of being like unknown. Like you can see for distance, like if enemies are going to come to you and stuff, but there's also no protection there. Woods like these offer both, like can seem very friendly, but then if you go too deep, they can seem quite terrifying. And it does a nice balancing act of, as you were saying, it does a bit of both in the sense that it's familiar, but also it keeps you guessing when it's dark of what is behind that tree. I mean, I think we've all been on walks at night where we're just like, I'm going to get murdered in these woods. In the morning, completely innocent, completely fine. Yeah. You know, but those same woods. Yeah, same woods at night just become a completely different landscape. And I feel like that kind of... Yeah, I feel like that kind of represents where Vasilisa is at the moment because she's going into these woods and she doesn't know what's going to happen. Uh, she's very clearly not wanted back home. Her dad's not there. The only thing she has is this doll. And when she does cry to her doll, her doll comes to life and says nothing can happen to her and to just go ahead. 
Uh, not great advice, but we're hoping that this advice works. <laughs> so Vasilisa on the verge of freaking out. What is she doing now? So she takes the doll's advice. She heads into the woods. Uh, she keeps walking and she's eventually passed by a horseman in silver on a white horse. Uh, as this horseman... Oh, her knight in shining armor? I mean, he goes right past her. Uh, he does not give her a double look. <laughs> does not really care there's a girl in the forest. Even if she's very beautiful, apparently she's not that beautiful because he just goes okay. right past her. As he passes her, she can feel that dawn is coming close. And soon after, another horseman, another shining knight, and another knight in shining armor goes right past her. He's in red on a red horse and again not a second glance ouch uh, so you know so vasilisa not so beautiful here i don't know i mean vasilisa the scared vasilisa the ignored maybe i mean she's not giving us fairy tale vibes you know a protagonist who's female usually when they walk into a room everyone kind of their eye goes straight to them the prince must know her name you know all of the knights are you know trying yeah. to get her attention we saw a couple weeks ago nope um, she's been ignored by two she's been ignored by two potential princes that she could marry we don't even know they're princes but you know i'm assuming a knight uh or a horseman somewhat of importance somewhat of importance and they just completely ignore her so i'm not sure if it's because she's young or she's you know hiding in the woods whatever it is no knight in shining armor for her vasilisa the ignored eventually vasilisa the navigator does come to a small hut now, this small hut is particularly interesting because it is surrounded by a fence of human bones. I'm sure a real estate agent would have a field day putting this up on a website like Zillow. Uh, I can imagine what kind of tags they'd leave on it. You know, complimentary human legs make a great privacy screen. Uh, armed tooth and nail with a human touch you can count on. There's many things we can say about this this house. Um, <laughs> I mean, this day and age, I wouldn't mind a freaky, a freaky fence to be like, I don't want to talk to other people. I don't want other people near my house. The housing market the way it is, I'm sure they'd still get a good fortune off of this. I think they could. I mean, we're not too keen on the location, but we can sell it as like a novelty cottage. You know, you come in. Yeah. Uh, there's human bones everywhere. We can kind of make it like a like an escape room experience. I mean, you come in, you can't come out. I think the question is, can you get Wi-Fi out there? I mean, if it's Baba Yaga's house, I'm sure she can magic it to work. I don't. I mean, they're not. So does many... Baba Yaga come with the house? Uh, you can't kick her out of her house. I feel like it's one of those like built-in grandfathered clauses. Like you can buy this house for about you know two point two point five so... million dollars, but you know you get an eccentric housekeeper with it. I don't think you're so much buying the house as renting a room, then. It depends on how you want to. It depends. So would you stay here, like, as an Airbnb-type deal? Uh, definitely not. This is exactly how you get stuck as a fence for the rest of your life. I mean, you'll also be dead, but, like, you, this is how your, your bones become part of a you house. See that arm over there? He only gave me three stars. Yeah, you know what? So... <laughs> I took his arms. Well, to be fair, if you were a witch and you were Airbnb in your house, and you know, you were going, the intention was to you know lure weird people and then kill them. I mean, you would take their phone and give yourself a five star rating before. Let's not let's not be 
let's not put her in a bad light. I mean, I feel like the least you could do before you kill someone is give yourself a good rating on the app. Otherwise, what's the point? I don't think she needs to do that before she kills them. She could probably just hack into that thing with magic and just be like, the the food was delicious and there was absolutely no creepiness whatsoever. Great location. What do it again? <laughs> Lots of privacy. In fact, I never want to leave. I don't think I can leave. It's like ah, uh, you know what? The kind of home you just want to live in forever and ever. <laughs> Does magic? Okay, this is. This is a weird question, but how far do you think magic can extend into technology? Because I don't doubt that you can, you know, can kill people, you can like maim them, you can make things appear and disappear and you know start fires. But how far can, you know, this elemental type of magic go in actually hacking stuff or getting, you know, people's phones to unlock or getting things to happen online or changing information online? Well, it depends on a lot of things, like what kind of universe we're dealing with here. If you look at stuff from Marvel, mm-hmm. especially like the MCU, like magic is just considered a branch of science that we don't understand yet. So, you know, if we don't know, it's just use the word magic whenever you don't understand something is essentially their take on it. Mm-hmm. So in that way of looking at things, it just depends on what kind of quote unquote magic you're using to apply to technology because it's the same to them it'd be the same thought of, well if we threw water on this computer, does that let me hack into it? You know? It's I like, can destroy well, you're just taking it. another item, you're throwing at it, seeing what happens, you know? Well aside from just bending reality or bending, you know, what's occurring, uh, kind of like the Scarlet Witch's powers, what can you do in terms of actually manipulating technology? Like, let's say someone wrote me a very, very mean review, and I want to change that. Okay. Then let's go to another... Let's look at it from another way. Let's go with uh, bending magic. Mm-hmm. If we're talking about, like, Avatar, I would theorize that technically, if the firebender was skilled enough, I think they could... Because they can control lightning, right? And essentially all computers are... are its most basic form is you're telling a switch on or off that comes from the zeros, ones and zeros. Mm-hmm. In theory, you could use that ability to kind of mess with electricity to, like, mess with it. I don't know how you do it. It'd be very tricky, but in theory, you could. Uh, so it really depends on the type of magic we're talking about here. So you're telling me that while Toph was learning metal bending, Zuko could have been learning computer bending. Okay. Well, <laughs> in theory... I would say yes, but first of all, they need to invent computers. <laughs> you need to then refine like the use of lightning and thunder bending, or not thunder bending, lightning bending, <laughs> so where it's so precise, and then you need it to apply it to a computer where you're not frying the computer, but you're just altering the inputs. This sounds like a job for Varric, is what, is, is what I'm getting from this. It could be very wrong, too. I'm sure there's someone, like, screaming and trying to type in the comments, That's not how it works! (laughs) Well, if anyone wants to answer that question and give us their thoughts or theories, I would love to hear them because I'd love taking things from, you know, a magical or almost nonsensical sense and be like, how can we apply this to the real world? How does this work? When you think about it, computers, like, essentially the human race just tricked a rock into thinking. Yeah. And that's what computers are. Now, how do we trick you know? that rock into giving me a five-star review as opposed to a two-star review? 
<laughs> well, I guess the uh, easy answer is you find someone who knows how to do that, and then you threaten them until they do it for you. Yeah, that's like more likely. She's practical she's just, magic. Um, she's probably just had eventually somebody stay with her who was like decent at like technology, and she's like, "I'm gonna keep you alive as tech support, and you're gonna hack as my tech support." Because even ya- Baba Yaga needs tech support. She's still an older lady, and she just needs help, which is fine. Anyway, she won't eat them. No. Um, she needs them. But, you know, they can live in the basement. They have all the Wi-Fi they want. All, like, the download speeds are crazy. The upload speeds are crazy. All they have to do is just live in a basement, which is, I mean, not gonna lie, doesn't sound that bad. We've been doing that for the past year anyway. Again, <laughs> I feel like she needs... <laughs> You're just trapped uh, with the threat of your life is the only other issue. I'm sure. Well, I mean, yes, threat of your life has kind of been there, but at least you know. I mean, I hope you're in a place where you're not being threatened to, to be eaten or anything like that. But I think the bigger issue still is getting Wi-Fi out there. I hope she's got a good magic plan. Yeah, I mean, I hope for her sake as well, because I mean, these days you can't do anything without Wi-Fi. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so back to our story. Vasilisa, the non-technical. <laughs> So, not really in the market for an overpriced house in the middle of nowhere, Vasilisa just kind of stands there terrified until a dark horseman appears, riding a black horse. We have failed suitor number three, who ignores Vasilisa, the uninteresting, and just jumps over the gate and disappears behind the house. So, with him, night falls. I don't know if that means anything, but keep in mind that when the white rider rode by, the moon was in the sky and dawn was coming. When the red rider showed up, the sun came out. And now with the black rider, we see nightfall. You mean we have a pattern of three? Something could mean something? This is insane. You know, there's a pattern of three. There's color association. They got the whole monochrome looks going on. I'm not going to read into it. <laughs> they all ignored the supposedly beautiful woman. You know what? I don't I don't even know if they're real people, but for now, let's just let's just put a pin on that. Okay. Vasilisa the pin. Vasilisa the pin. So the skulls around the house begin to glow, and Vasilisa feels the ground begin to shake. And out of nowhere comes Baba Yaga. <gasps> she comes flying in on her motor using her pestle like a whip. Wait, like what kind of motor? Do you mean like a boat motorboat? No, no, like boat um, motor? you know, like those grinding motors, like you use to grind seeds and stuff. Yes, because I'm a health nut. You know me. I'm always grinding those seeds. Ah, okay. I don't, I don't know, if, <laughs> but like you put, it's like a little um bowl, like a usually a wooden bowl. Okay. That you put, you know, spices or like seeds and mm-hmm. a bunch of stuff in there, and then it has this flat-ended um. I guess, tool that you use to crush everything together. Oh, okay. So you crush it all, and that kind of gives you your spices if you're trying to crush seeds into spices, or it gives you, you know, crushed garlic or crushed whatever you need. So what I'm hearing is that Baba Yaga has flown in, but she's also simultaneously crushing seeds for her, like, food. I don't know if she's actually crushing anything in there, because it's just her in the actual mortar. She's just crushing it and she's using she's using the thing that you're supposed to use to crush items like a whip to get closer to the house 
And when she does come close to the house, she stops and she goes, I smell human flesh. Who is there? Hearing this, Vasilis introduces herself and Baba Yaga allows her to stay as a maid. You know, Baba Yaga is a little bit confused as to what's going on, but she's into it. She's very flexible. As they enter the house, Baba Yaga makes it very clear that only she can open and close the gate. And as they enter, a birch tree tries to attack uh, Vasilisa, a dog tries to bite her, and a cat tries to scratch her. You know, Baba Yaga follows the same safety standards as Hogwarts, apparently, because those things are not safe, but they exist and they try to kill you. So we should really be calling her Vasilisa the Unlikable. Yeah, Vasilisa, I don't know. Like, I mean, three horsemen ran right past her, didn't give her a second look. Baba Yaga, you know, doesn't really mind that she's there, but doesn't really care otherwise. A cat tried to, you know, scratch her. A dog tried to bite her. Even a tree. A tree didn't like her. If a dog and a cat do not like you, I'm very suspicious of you at that time. But a tree. If a tree tries to kill you, unless it's the Whomping Willow, which hates everybody, I'm a little bit like, well, I don't understand. What have you done to the tree folk? You know, those like tall tree creatures in... um The Ents? The what? Like you're thinking from Lord, Lord of, the of the Rings. Yeah. Probably thinking of the Ents. And yeah, they take forever to do anything. So if this tree didn't even hesitate to kill her, yeah, that's next level stuff, man. I mean, if the Ents are straight up not into you, right off the bat, no deliberation, no council meeting, then something's wrong with our Vasilisa. Once inside the house, Baba Yaga eats a huge feast and gives Vasilisa a small chunk of bread telling her that if she didn't pick out all the black millet seeds from a sack by morning, she would eat her. After pointing out the sack and making it clear that this task was near impossible, the old witch falls asleep, and Vasilisa, not knowing what to do, feeds a small bit of bread to her doll. Coming to life, you know, this overworked, overtired doll gets up. You know, I mean, I guess the doll was also hoping she would have died in the forest because this doll has been doing this work. <laughs> for probably years and years now. But Doll wakes up, eats her little bit of bread, and tells Vasilisa to go to sleep, and she will take care of it. While Vasilisa slept, the doll calls upon a flock of birds to help her organize the seeds, and I'm sure she paid them all a minimum living wage. The next day, upon being given her second task of seed organizing, the doll calls upon the mice to help her. You know, we're getting very much Cinderella vibes here. We've got the birds that help you dress. We've got Gus Gus and the mice that are helping you sort your seeds. Uh, Gus Gus. <laughs> so for two days now, when Baba Yaga returns home, she sees that everything is spotless and the tasks have been done. After eating another feast of a meal, she asks Vasilisa how she was doing this. Vasilisa the Bold responds that she has some questions for the witch instead. The witch now warns her that every question you ask ages you, and that she would eat Vasilisa if she asked the wrong questions. (laughs) (laughs) So it's kind of like the same threat level of asking a question in class and looking like the dumb person, like... I don't know the answer to this question. Honestly, I would I would take getting eaten over that because the the pitiful look the teacher gives you is not worth it. Just just eat me, you know. One time I asked a question in class and the teacher just looked at me and she said, "I'm not even going to answer that." And just continued on. Oh. 
And I just had to sit there going, I guess I don't know how how math works. Yeah, just, just eat me. Just just eat me. At that point, I'm like, listen, if I'm going to ask a stupid question, just I don't I don't want to hear you judge. I don't want to hear the cringe. I just want it to be over. I will gladly be a fence post. Like, I don't know. I, apparently, I don't deserve to live if I don't know what a parabola is. Parabola? Parabola? Parabola. Now, Baba Yaga was hoping that Vasilisa would ask a really dumb and deadly question. You know, something about the disembodied hands that collect the sacks after Vasilisa organizes them, the pot that the witch sleeps on, the house of bones, the chicken legs. There's so much to choose from. Yeah. Instead... The girl asks about the three riders. She was so personally offended that they passed her. She was just like, I need to know what the deal is with these guys. Who are these men that are not interested in me? I needed to be rescued and they didn't. Have they seen me? And I'm kind of really into them now that they've ignored me. So like, what's the deal? (laughs) Uh, so the riders, so Baba Yaga is a bit annoyed at this question because it's a very basic question. The riders were just twilight, dawn, and night, Baba Yaga says. Now, Baba Yaga is also interested and she asks about the tasks and how Vasilisa managed to complete them. So Vasilisa, being truthful, tells her about the gift from her mom. This made Baba Yaga extremely upset. Baba Yaga was shocked. She demanded Vasilisa leave as nothing that had been blessed could be near her. I mean, she was holding Vasilisa prisoner, so it's odd that she would blame Vasilisa for being in her presence and staying at her house, not of her own volition. But, you know, we're not, we're a witch. We don't really care. But, like, how did she not know? I don't, I don't know. Like, how did she not recognize that this was the case? It might be one of those cases where you have to know what you're looking for. You have to specifically be, you know, detecting magic mm. to get an answer about what you're looking at. Oh, yeah, so she can't have it in her presence. It's not like an allergic reaction thing where she's going to die if she's near it. So what's the deal? It might be a preference thing. It might be the whole, you know, good can exist where evil is and evil can't exist where good is. That whole, like, staggered dichotomy as opposed to the yin-yang theory. Um, it could be a, a, a whole host of things. In some of the tellings of this story, some minor facts have changed. So in one of them, Vasilisa's stepmother is a kinswoman to Baba Yaga. Another one, it's her mother that's a kinswoman. So we have this whole idea of maybe Baba Yaga wasn't just being kind to a random forest girl. She was being kind because there was something going on here. Mm. And when Vasilisa does initially meet Baba Yaga, she does address her as grandma. And historically, in different types of fiction... We do see Baba Yaga generally be kinder to children and girls. I mean, she does often eat children as well, but she does tend to be more caring or more merciful to girls as opposed to boys. So it might have just been that she took in Vasilisa, was kind to her for a bit, wasn't really intending on much to happen. At most, she would have gone like a meal out of it. But out of this, she hears that there's this blessing in her house and she doesn't want to be near that. However, another thing is, as she's chasing Vasilisa away from her house, you know, the house that she's being kept prisoner, Yeah. she does give the girl a glowing skull and tells her that it would help her with her family's light situation. I'm not really sure what to make of Vasilisa here and with Baba Yaga, because Vasilisa asks a weird question, Baba Yaga has a weird reaction, and we don't really know what to take away from this situation in that was Baba Yaga being merciful? Was Baba Yaga just afraid of the consequences of what would happen if she had eaten someone who'd been blessed? 
I have a theory of why she gave the light, but I'll let you finish before I elaborate. Okay, so Boss Lisa does take the skull and uses it to light her way back home. And Boss Lisa, the navigator, manages to expertly find her way back to her random house in the darkness. When she gets back home, she finds out that no light had been able to be turned on in their home since she was kicked out. The evil stepmother and stepsisters, shivering in the cold, crowd around the skull. But as they do, the skull makes the room extremely hot. Now, Bassus doesn't notice the difference in temperature all that much, but it becomes unbearably hot for the step family, and they all get turned to ash. Dun, dun, dun. That's metal, man. So Vasilisa supposedly sleeps in that house the night, and the next day she does bury the skull and runs away. But, uh, yeah, nice traumatic story there for Vasilisa. She gets a skull, it kills her family, and she has to stay in the same house as their ashes for a night. Here's my theory. Vasilisa the Basic has <laughs> this stupid blessing. So Baba Yaga's like, hmm. Well, I probably can't kill her because as far as we know, the blessing affects her somehow. So maybe she can't kill someone who's blessed or eat someone who's blessed. So she's like, fine, but I need to get some killing in. So I'm going to trick her into taking this light that she specifically asked for. And I'm at least going to kill someone out of this deal. So that's my theory. This is why she gave her the light. She's like, I need some killing in my life. So Baba Yaga was just killing it, and Vasilisa the Lonely is just now trying to figure out what to do. (laughs) (laughs) Vasilisa the Lonely. Or should she be Vasilisa the Murderer? She was an accomplice in all this. By current definition, yes. She did bring in a glowing skull into a house that killed her family. But, you know, I don't think she had the intention of killing them. So it's manslaughter. Hmm. It's not really manslaughter if it's the... No, manslaughter is the lowest you can get charged for murder, because that just means you killed someone, you didn't mean to, there was no malicious intent. But here's my theory of why Baba Yaga did this. I'm going to take it as Baba Yaga does whatever she wants. I mean, she's an old lady, lives in the forest, has people who are terrified of her, and occasionally she helps people, occasionally she doesn't help people. I think that, to an extent... I see her as a kind of like a mentor figure here. I will get into this a bit more when we talk about our five fantastic finds, but for now I'm going to say it as there is a begrudging respect there for Vasilisa. I mean, Vasilisa shows up, she does all the jobs that she's asked of, she's not, she doesn't try to kill Baba Yaga, she doesn't try to deceive Baba Yaga. At no point does she try to run away, she's very obedient. And she follows instructions very well. So she, I, mean, I don't I don't mean that in a patronizing way at all either. I mean, what she does is she gets the job done. Mm-hmm. She doesn't really complain about having to do it. She doesn't really try and escape. She doesn't really try and cause any conflict. She's very open. And to some extent, you have to appreciate that because she humbles herself. She just, she adapts to her environment very quickly. And even though it's the doll that does most of the work, the Vasilisa is the one that's, you know, kind to the doll, and she chooses to go hungry, but give her little piece of food to the doll instead. It's true. I mean, granted, it's her life, as opposed to, you know, the doll doing the work. But at the same time, I mean, she isn't, 
she's not malicious in any way. She's not a bad character in any sense of the word. So I think it's her reward for being obedient because she went to go get the light and she followed through. She went to Baba Yaga's house. So Baba Yaga gives her um, this skull as kind of like a begrudging token of, uh, I don't really know what the right word is because I don't think it's, it's a begrudging show of, I guess, just support. Baba Yaga did promise her that she would give her the light if she completed these tasks. I bet you anything that she was planning on stringing her along forever until she broke. But when she realized she had the blessing, she just wandered out of the house. And I would guess that pretty much everything Baba Yaga does has some magic influence on her. So I wonder if she had to adhere to that magic and give her what she originally asked for. Yeah, I mean, that would that would make sense. It'd be like a kind of like balanced magic system where when you do promise something or you do make a kind of declaration, you have to have a give and take kind of situation, which is why she wanted she wanted Vasily to ask a stupid question so then she could eat her. Now, because this is a fairy tale and we need a happy ending that doesn't just stop at your entire step family and tormentors being murdered, uh, we have to find love. Spaslisa runs away, and no one really likes the stepmother and the stepdaughter, so everyone's just kind of cool with the fact that they're gone. You know, air quotes are like, oh, Vasilisa. That she just killed them? Well, I mean, they're probably like, oh, Vasilisa, Baba Yaga killed them, right? Okay, cool. We believe you. So she's now Vasilisa the liar. <laughs> I don't think Vasilisa lied about it, but I think people are just like, oh, sure, Baba Yaga did it. Oh, yes, the boogeyman did it. Ooh. Let's get boogie. <laughs> so Vasilisa ends up living with an old unmarried woman, and she starts to spin shirts. She spins a shirt so beautiful that she gives the old woman that the old woman, when she sells it, it's the prince of the city that finds it, and he seeks her out, and he is so enchanted by her that he marries her. The ending part, I think, helps tie the story together a little bit, because up until now, we've seen Boss Lisa do a bunch of stuff, but most of it was just being kind to the doll mm -hmm. and the doll doing the rest of the tasks. So here I think we see that it's not just the doll that gives her the love of the prince. It's her own skill and talent. So it's not just that Boss Lisa is good at doing nothing and, you know, feeding this doll and braiding her hair. She's also good at actual tasks that she's been, you know, given to do in her past life. Um, so... It's not just that she's beautiful. He finds her based on her kindness and her own skill and merit. It's her kindness because she gave the shirt to the old woman to sell. And it's her beauty and love that he sees at the end of it. But I think that's a, that's a nice way to wrap up the story. It, it's true. But that whole last part could be its own separate <laughs> book. Like, we could... We could have spent a lot of time there. I don't think we could. We should. I don't think it, it warrants. It doesn't warrant it. But if this was written today, that would at least be two books right there. Like that, just that last bit of her then finding love. It could definitely then be like a spinoff series where it's like Bass Lisa makes some nice shirts. And then like, you know, 12 different suitors find a shirt each and they have to figure out who the best tailor is. Kind of like in the Cinderella story of, oh, who wears this slipper? It's kind of like that, where the prince has to find who made this shirt. So I guess it could be a story on its own. Mm -hmm. uh, so Vasilisa does end up keeping the doll. She does end up keeping it a secret, like her mother instructed. But she ends up keeping it for the rest of her life. 
And we don't know really what happens to the doll afterwards, supposedly because she's a queen now and she's a, you know, she doesn't really need the doll to do anything for her. I hope that she's still kind to the doll and she still feeds it now and then. But yeah, she she lives a really happy life. The old woman comes to live with her in the palace. Her dad comes to live with her. Oh, he's still here. I mean, it's interesting that the dad shows up yeah. at the very end when he's like, oh, what did I miss? My wife and stepdaughters are dead, but my other daughter is a queen. So, yeah, nothing seems wrong here. I'm going to go travel some more. But in my spare time, I'll come live in the palace. I mean, that's a pretty good gig. I mean, Vasilisa comes out on top more so than Cinderella does in any situation because yeah. the people who abused her and who she hates. I don't think, actually, I don't think she hates them, but that we hate vicariously for her, are dead. Yeah. There's no, there's no situation here in which we have to wonder what they're up to because they are literally ash. So yeah, that's, that's the story (laughs) of Vastly's the Beautiful. It's a pretty good one overall. I think a lot happens. I think I like a, a, you know, a female-centric story where we have female mentors and female villains. I think most of the cast here... Everyone is a female. We have the female villain, the stepmother and stepsisters. We have the female protagonist, Vaslisa. And we have the female, you know, older mentor type character. Also, who I would call the protagonist because I love her so much, Baba Yaga, who just does whatever she wants. (laughs) (laughs) She's what we aspire to be, just running around doing her own chaotic nonsense. Listen. People are like, ah, that's just Baba Yaga. If I was old... And, you know, if I was magical, I would like to have a house, you know, to the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. I could, you know, ma- have no neighbors, don't have to worry about zoning laws. I just have a house that can move with- on its little chicken legs. Uh, it's my first mobile home. And I can just do exactly what I want. Like, if a prince comes over to my house and is like, can you, you know, help me with this quest? I can be like, no, now you're a toad. If a woman comes to me and she's like, you know what, my, my step family, they sent me here to get murdered. You know what? Let's reverse Uno that and they can be murdered instead. Uh, it just, I, I'm into it. I'm into like the chaotic, evil, but not quite evil, just random, you know, vibes. I'm into it. Fox, as fun as this is, we are pretty deep in these woods and it's time we find our way out of here now. But before we go, let's quickly go over the last few nuggets of information we found while wandering this forest. Our five fantastic finds. Number one. Vasilisa the Lost had to travel deep into a dark, foreboding forest to find Baba Yaga. If this sounds familiar, then you probably have encountered the Lost Woods trope before. The Lost Woods are magical, overgrown forests that tend to block out most light, giving them their dark and ominous feeling. As the name suggests, these woods are quite tricky to navigate due to the darkness, lack of a clear path, and monsters that often live there. And sometimes the forest itself does not want travelers to leave. I'm sure many examples jump to mind, like the iconic Forbidden Forest from the 1998 movie classic Quest for Camelot. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I'm pretty sure no one else has taken that name before, but it's, it's pretty unique to this movie, but you know. Lord of the Rings also had the Old Forest, which routinely shifted trees around to confuse travelers. But if you've ever played a video game, then you probably know this trope better as level one. Or two, depending if you count the tutorial as a level, which it's not, so you're wrong. Uh, sorry to have to tell you like this. 
We would be here all day with examples, but the two I want to mention are the Legend of Zelda series and the Child of Light. The former, on top of being an amazing game series, provides the namesake for this trope and lives up to this by providing great gameplay in these levels. While the later provides excellent, creepy, yet charming fairy tale aesthetic to their take on this trope. Also, this trope is the inspiration for our podcast name! Whoa, what? Really? Yeah, we're, oh, we're, we're called that deep. the Enchanted Tales from the Enchanted Forest. We're, we're in the Lost Woods right now. Whoa! <gasps> Mind blown! You just wrinkled my brain. Number two! So, our heroine's journey does start in the Lost Woods, where they need to figure out what they're doing, where they're going, but it's also characterized by their reconciliation with female values, such as kindness. Now, kindness is seen as a feminine trait that is weak, but here we see our most powerful character, Baba Yaga, showing mercy, and our protagonist, Boss Lisa, showing constant kindness to her doll and those around her. Cinderella does get made fun of quite a bit because of her power of kindness theme, but it is a legitimate way of succeeding in life. She doesn't need to be kind, and she doesn't need to follow instructions, but by doing so, she maintains her dignity and comes out the winner without having to compromise her values. Who knew you could be a winner without having to kill anything yourself? Speaking of killing things, that brings us to number three. So one of the great things about Baba Yaga is that her name itself carries a lot of weight and strikes fear into the hearts of men. She doesn't even have to appear to make people wary of her. In the 2014 movie John Wick, the antagonist, clearly afraid of our titular character, refers to him by his nickname of Baba Yaga, which on its own is great. Along with how the rest of the scene plays out, this makes John Wick absolutely terrifying. But then the antagonist son translates this to the boogeyman. At this point, we are familiar with Baba Yaga and we know what her deal is. The boogeyman, on the other hand, is a nightmarish monster that hides under kids' beds and lurks in the shadows. He is also known as Baba Yaka. So you can see how this error came about. As much as the boogeyman is a more apt description of John Wick, I like the idea the writers actually meant to compare this professional assassin to an old lady who lives in the woods and flies around in a mortar. <sighs> Number four! So this story is particularly interesting to me because of the way it characterizes knowledge. Light is often seen as a symbol of knowledge, and by forcing her to seek it out, the stepmother is putting her in a dangerous position. Even Baba Yaga says that questions and answers can aid you and can be deadly. Now, Baba Yaga is a woman who owns the night and day and has power over life and death, and she ends up giving Vaslisa power as well. Vaslisa does show her own sense of agency and kind of begrudgingly gets Baba Yaga's respect by humbling herself and doing the tasks as ordered. We see female mentors quite infrequently in media, whereas we have a ton of male mentors helping their pupils. So even when we have strong female protagonists, such as Katniss Everdeen from The Hunger Games or Mulan from the Disney animation, they don't often have female mentors because female protagonists often need male mentors to complete the transition to masculinity segment of their journey. But having an older woman guide you in life is not unknown. We can see modern examples everywhere, such as Bridgerton, Devil Wears Prada, Parks and Rec, and of course, Princess Leia in Star Wars. Number five! Let's talk about our favorite witch 
Yes. Canonically, Baba Yaga is a witch. Spoilers. I know, right? As much as we can have a whole podcast about witches in general, I'm going to do my best to start scratching the surface of how witches stand out from other magic users. Generally, witches are associated with an evil alignment, and traditionally it was believed they struck a deal with the devil to get their powers in the first place, but that is not always the case in modern storytelling. The term witch is generally only used for females, while the male equivalent is called a warlock. Now, I can already hear many of you guys screaming, But in Harry Potter, it's witch and wizard, and they are bored with their powers. They don't get it with the deal. Well, first of all, please calm down. You are making a scene. Second of all, you are not wrong. Our good friend JK decided that the terms for any human magic users would be witch and wizard. Doesn't mean that's historically what the term is associated with. So warlocks and witches historically um, or traditionally had to make a pact with someone in order to get their magic. Where does the term wizard mm-hmm. come from? How is their magic different from a warlock or wit- uh, witches? So traditionally wizards are associated with the wise old man trope. Mm. So at the time it was exclusively for that, but it eventually developed to be an you can look to Dungeons and Dragons as an example of where it kind of more or less is considered today is the idea that you you can study magic. So anyone can have access to it. You just have to study it, learn the right hand gestures, learn the right words and stuff. I mean, you, we can see that also in Marvel's Doctor Strange. He had to study it and learn about it and he was able to do it. So that was more... There's unfortunately no female equivalent to this. It's generally... Wizard is generally a male term, but sometimes it can also be applied to females depending on circumstance. Their alignment is generally good or neutral. They are generally not considered, like, evil. Okay, Sparrow, I don't know about you, but I'm definitely going to have to go find someone to go make a pact with because I don't want to have to pile up on all of those years of studying to be a wizard. Fair enough. How about we make a pact that will be here next fortnight with another story? That sounds great. If you want to hear more from us and find out where our next tale will be, come join us anytime on Twitter or Instagram at Tales from the Enchant Forest. Or if you're old school like Sparrow, you can always email us at talesfromtheenchantforest at gmail.com. We'd love to hear about what kind of magic user you guys would like to be. So if you have anything to share, please don't hesitate. And remember, there's always a place for you in the lost woods of the Enchanted Forest. And sometimes, if you stick around long enough, you might hear some bloopers. Us? Make a mistake? <laughs> Never. You know, story tale princess, where it, well, there's not a princess, but you know, story tale, uh, story tale. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's not giving us very, like, you know, fairy tale. Okay. <laughs> She's not giving us. Well, she did, she did do what, like, Vesalisa did do what Yaga Baba, Yaga Baba, (laughs) Yaga Baba, Yaga Baba is Baba Yaga's, like, twin sister, and she's probably beautiful and amazing, she probably (laughs) bakes cakes. 
so we have Wicked Anyways. Witch of the West, Wicked Witch of the East kind of situation going on. I don't know how to do a Russian accent. That was my best Russian accent. I'm sorry. Wait, wait, hold on. <clears throat> I can accidentally do one. I remember last one D and D session, I went to do German, and then they were like, "Well, this dude's Russian." I was like, "Dang." It's okay. Let's, let's hear it. Let's hear your Baba Yaga okay, Russian. Wait. Um, uh, what's where's the line? I, or there's no line. There is a line. I smell. Wait, let me. What I'm... is? <clears throat> it. I can't do it. Female I can only do. Female. It's okay. Let's make her. What a man. is this? By smell, if, uh, <laughs> 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 you can do it. <laughs> oh, I had it a second ago. Okay, <clears throat> I smell the human. Where is this human? Da. <laughs> you know, I like it. I like it. Yay. Uh, so you tried to sell me. You tried to sell us something. We are not here to buy anything. That sounds French now. No solicitors. Aspeci. <laughs> um, I was. Can I do my old lady voice? Your little babushka voice. <laughs> These youngins try to sell me. They're nonsense. They're yoga mats. They're. Baba I don't want any of it. No solicitors. Russia, you solicitor solicitors. And now we sound a bit Italian. I don't know what we're doing. Okay, we're gonna stop that. I'm going to call. I'm gonna we're say gonna no. Cut all of that. No, we shouldn't cut that. I like that. I'm just saying we should stop it. Oh my. We should keep it, okay. but we should stop it because. Oh, I feel so bad. It's okay. It's okay. I I like I like the I like it. The failed attempts. Okay.